0: Pastor Mike McCoy welcoming you to the time of truth. I'm in Jeremiah chapter number 8. We're going to be we're going to be in we're going to be in chapter 7, but I'm launching from chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. When God gives me a thought for a message, literally gave me a title And I don't don't know where that's at in the book. Now, I've read this book over and over. I'm still reading it over. I don't know. I've read it a lot. I read it backwards one time so I can say I've read it frontwards and backwards. (laughs) But God gave me this, and then I find the exact thing in the Scripture. I know that I'm exactly where the Lord wants me to be. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse number 12. If you found that, shout amen. Amen. Were they ashamed when they had committed abomination? Nay. They were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the same time of their visitation, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. I will surely consume them, saith the Lord. I'm going to stop with this next line. There shall be no grapes on the vine. Father, I love you and I thank you, Lord. God, that you shine the light on me in the darkness. I thank you for revealing my sin. And then God, more than that, I thank you for the blood that when I come and confess that sin to you, Lord, that there's a crimson flow that is still adequate to take away my sin. What blood that is. So Lord, you fill my mouth. Please guard my tongue today. Help me be accurate in the Holy Writ for the cause of Christ and the kingdom. Save the lost people that are here today. Some may be on the fence. God, I beg you to do your work through your word and I'll praise you for all that you accomplish. I ask you today, Father, in Jesus' name, my King. Amen and amen. I want to preach today on this thought. When grapes don't grow, when grapes don't grow, the Lord said in verse 13, he said, There shall be no grapes on the vine. Now in Jeremiah, this is a particularly bad time. In the history of the nation of Israel which is now left to the tribe of Judah and Benjamin and in, in in the year 740 BC the top 10 northern tribes the Assyrians have come in and they took them captive because of their sin they turned their back on God and God let them go into captivity and they were treated Horribly, and as a matter of fact, it's still no different today in a lot of places of the world. But to be against a Jew is, is politically correct. This time here is around the year 600 BC, and what has taken place part of the children of Israel of the land of Judah and Benjamin have already gone into captivity. They're like the Northern 10 tribes. The Northern 10 tribes was taken captive by the Assyrians. They were dispersed all over the place. Now part of Judah has gone into captivity and the preacher is telling them why. And still, there is still about 12 years here you could go 15 or you could shorten it to 10 but in that time frame a decade they've got a decade to get ready heed the word of God and and, and, and miss this terrible judgment of God that's coming on this land Jeremiah Course in chapter number seven. If you'd like to read along with me, you're welcome to turn there or you can listen intently and I'll read this to you. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord this is God Jehovah. The Lord God Almighty is giving his word to a man for the people. Can I tell you today? I know Jeremiah. I couldn't carry his sandals. But I'll tell you what's happened. God give his word to this man for you today. Here's what he said. Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there this word And say, hear the word of the Lord, all ye Judah. You might say, I'm I'm not, we're not of Judah. Listen, if you're here and you're saved today, you know what? He cut off the natural branch that the wild olive tree might be grafted in. Who's that? That's us, bless God. We're in there. So don't tell me this isn't spiritually Applicable to us today, you better know if you're saved today. You're part of the bloodline of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob yes. through Christ Jesus. Amen. You've never been saved. You're not. You're living under the If you're here and unsaved, you're living under the condemnation of God, and He could call that up any moment of any day. Here's what I want you to do. Here's the word of the Lord. You go to the house of God and you proclaim this word there and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye Judah that enter in at these gates to worship the Lord. Brother Randy said it earlier. Why did we come in here today? He seeketh such and he, he's, he's looking for those that will worship him in spirit and truth. Amen. We come back. And that is with our spirit, we worship him. And we do it through the power of the Holy Ghost and we worship him in spirit, our spirit, and in truth. The truth is the word of God. Look at verse 10. Come and stand before me in this house. Which is called by my name, and say, we are delivered to do all these abominations. You know what they were saying right there, brother Andrew? Here's what here's what that they were they were saying to the prophet: We can do anything we want to, do, long as we come to the house of God. We're gonna come to the house of God. We're gonna do anything we want to. Do. We're gonna sleep around, we're gonna whore around, we're gonna be a queer, we're gonna do that, we're gonna be, we're gonna be against the Jew, we'll be against the church, we'll think Jesus is a heathen, we won't even talk about Jesus. We don't love Jesus. We love the church, we love what we do at the church. We'll have one big party. We'll do whatever we wanna do. They come to the house of God, they say we won't be committed. If I'm a priest or I hold a position, I'll do whatever I want to do. I'll come if I want to. I won't come when it's open. I'll do what I want to do. Will I do this and be right with God? Amen. I'll just come to the house and I'll just keep doing it. Elvis sung the song, I did it my way. Because I don't agree with you, Free Will Baptist. I don't, listen, I don't agree with all the Free Will Baptists. What about that? Not pastor of Free Will Baptist Church? You don't have a thing to do with the Free Will Baptist. Not one thing. Free Will Baptists do a bunch of good work. We support the work of the Lord all over the world. We come together in one mind, one accord, worship, send people to school, help help with camps and see people saved and we do a lot of good works. Verse 28, but thou shalt say unto them, this is a nation that obeyeth not the voice of the Lord their God. Watch this, nor receiveth correction. Don't you dare tell me I'm wrong. Don't you dare tell me there's anything wrong with me. I'm as good as you are, preacher. Well, most of you are better than I am. But I'm the best friend you got this morning. Because ain't nobody else that's standing up here telling you the truth like I am. And all I'm doing is reading it out of the book and letting you decide for yourself. When the Bible said, forsake not the assembling of selves together, the age of the the American church today is this, listen, about three times a year, Easter, Christmas, and on a good revival, if you got a hot dog preacher and a real good singing group, that's when I'll come and that's all that I'm going to do. Don't tell me, don't try to correct me, tell me to do any better. You know what the Lord was saying, Gabe? He's saying, look here people. I've loved you like nobody else loved you. I've done for you like nobody else could do. In you, you live, move and have my being. You've got a camel to ride and a calf in the stall. You're eating because I've blessed you. You know what America has said? I don't want Jesus. I'll take the world. Where's They can't get baby formula and it will kill 63 million of them by abortion. You won't receive correction. Truth is perished and is cut off from their mouth. Now, this is speaking to the guys that was preaching to these people. Brother Joey, they telling them a blatant lie. They're getting nothing telling them. Do anything you want to do. If it feels good, do it. Don't worry about it. We don't need a sacrifice. You're okay. Hey, God is good. Sure he's good. But God is just. Watch this in verse 31. I know I was reading this, using this verse today, and I watched all these babies up here. So this, isn't apply, this doesn't apply to you whose babies were here taking up the money today. This applies to them that may be watching or might hear this later. They don't care if the baby's here or not. And they built the high places of Tophet. That's a false god. That's a false god false gods reign in America today. America's went sports crazy. Betting crazy. Going to bet on it. Going to get rich. You're already rich. Which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom. That's a bad place to burn their sons and their daughters in the fire which I commanded them not, neither came it into my heart. That verse alone is enough to stamp out abortion in America today. God Almighty said, God Almighty said, you're burning your sons and your daughters in the valley of Hinnom. If I may describe that momentarily, there's a bull-headed god with a big round hole in him, and he had muscles on him and a big head with big horns, and they had to, made out of brass with the big hole. And here's what they done: they beat the drums and they'd bring the babies and they'd build a fire up inside this thing. It'd be white hot, white hot, and they'd keep stoking the fire. They'd walk up up on the platform. And to a f- dead God, they'd take that baby and cast that infant into the fire and they'd beat the drum so they couldn't hear the scream. You know what they're doing today? In pro- and, and when they when they protest this pro-life movement, they're beating the drum so they can't hear the scream. They probably cut me off Facebook by now, but they're beating the drum so they can't hear the scream. Yeah. Let me tell you, friend, they're burning their, fire, their children in the fire. God said that wasn't my intention. That's not why I gave you a baby. I gave you a baby to glorify me. That's what the Lord said. Amen. Blessed is a man whose quiver's full. Lord. Children are a reward of the Lord, they're the blessing of God. My, my. I just want to hold my kids in here. I- i hate for them to go out the door i know what they're looking at hey what they're facing in school some nut job teacher look setting up now, i'm not talking about all of you i got school teachers in here today and god bless you for being a christian school teacher Amen. praise god forever for, thank you for doing what you do i know it's hard but they're in a lot of places today and they're telling them brother gordon everything but the truth they're trying to tell trying to tell a six-year-old child it don't know whether it's a boy or a girl what kind of perverted Moron does that! Amen. I will not apologize for this message today. I will not. I will not. I'll die with this. I will not apologize. If you're offended by this, you need to get right with God. Amen. I baptized Brianna the other night and got two in one. She's going to have a little baby. Is that a boy or a girl? Another girl. Of course it is. (laughs) But I still baptize two of them, praise God. I'll baptize her twice. God carries and I live. God said, Neither came it into my heart. This wasn't what God was thinking about. This wasn't what God wanted. Then we jump back over to verse number 12 of, of, of Jeremiah 8. where they, Were they ashamed? They had committed these abominations. Oh, no, they weren't ashamed. They tried to make, listen, they done exactly what Isaiah said they do, call evil good and good evil, and they're, to, and they're trying to make you feel bad for doing what's right. If you're doing what's right according to that book right there, you don't owe anybody an apology. You just stand on the word. I'd rather be on God's side than all the world. Oh, Elijah thought he was by himself. He said, God, I'm the last one. He said, I got 7,000. Ain't never about a You just keep doing what you do, boy. Were they ashamed? They committed abomination? Nay, they were not at all ashamed. Neither could they blush. They'd done anything they wanted to do, and there was no shame. There was no blushing. Therefore shall they fall among them that fall. In the time of their visitation, they shall be cast down, saith the Lord. The Lord's long-suffering to us were not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. If you're still here, the time of your visitation hadn't come. Judgment hasn't made it to your house, but it will make it to your house. It'll make it. Is everything about you in your life hard and difficult? You know what the Bible said? The way of the transgressor is hard. you saying you don't have hard days, preacher? You ought to pastor for about 30 minutes. Hard days, difficult times. And he chastens me on a regular basis. I try to recall the sin of my day and confess it to the Lord before I go to bed. And then when, by the time I wake up in the morning, I thought something else wrong and I do it again, Brother Jake. They said CH Spurgeon was walking down their street one day and it was busy and all of a sudden he just stopped, took his top hat off, bowed his head, and went to praying. Somebody said, Brother Spurgeon said, What's wrong? He said, A dark cloud come between me and the Lord, and I must have it removed. I'll consume them. And there shall be no grapes on the vine. You know what the grape was? The grape was a picture of blessing. But when grapes don't grow, there's no blessing. See, in in Leviticus chapter 23, it was required. They had to have a drink offering. In the offering of first fruits, along with the wave sheaf, they had to bring something. They had to bring a quart, six quarts, as a matter of fact, of wine, the fresh juice. And they had to pour that out. If they don't have that, then the... The feast of first fruits is ineffective, and they don't get the blessing of the first fruits. So, without the grape, where the grapes don't grow, there's no there's no blessing. Grapes is also this; it's it's a a picture of joy. The psalmist said, uh, "The wine maketh my heart glad." It's a picture of joy. It's not an excuse to be drunk. It's talking about the fullness and the blessing of God, the juice of the grape being mashed out. Then people devoured that in the first setting. Was it some of it fermented? Yes, it was. And you know what they done? They diluted it with the water till it marked down and it would hardly, you'd have to drink more than you could handle to get drunk on it. But they done that so it'd be preserved. They didn't have refrigeration like we do now. That's why I'd say you couldn't put it in the the, the old skins because it burst. He says this, I won't give them any grapes and the grapes don't grow. They hadn't recognized the Sabbaths that the land required according to the word of God. They'd ignored that. They just kept planting year after year. In the year 600, well, when this, has been, when this has been given, in the year 588 B.C., give me plus or minus two years on each side of that, 588 B.C., here's what happened. Zedekiah dies, the king of reigning over Judah at that time. They cut his children's heads off in front of him and then poke his eyes out. So the last thing he saw was the heads of his sons being cut off, and then they poked his eyes out. You think, there's, you think that ISIS has just... Begin this kind of cruelty. No, it's been going on for a long time. And then they're carried away captive. There's a host of them die along the way. And you know what this was? No grapes. Grapes don't grow. You got grapes in your life? I know what somebody might be thinking right now. Okay, preacher, that's all that Old Testament stuff. That's under the law. That's all taken care of. Jesus died, he fulfilled the law. That's all in the Old Testament. Nothing about that. Let's go to John 15. Let's get in the New Testament. Let's get to where use some words that Jesus said. Everybody, you in here today, you believe in Jesus, don't you? Or you might be here today and not believe in Jesus. You better meet him while you can, because one of these days, every knee's gonna bow and every tongue's gonna confess. john chapter 15 verse number one says it like this i am the true vine and my father is the husbandman let's stop right there for just a moment what does that mean well in the old testament god had told israel they were a peculiar vine a particular vine he they was considered the vine the life of eternal life the scripture is going to come out of them and salvation is of the jew it's going to be brought through that bloodline why did god pick them When we get to heaven, we can ask him. But that's who he picked. That's what they done. But here, Jesus is saying, "You're not. You're not the vine. I'm the true vine." And in the Old Testament, he said, "Told my children, you're the husbandman." In other words, you're the one that's going to keep it. But in the New Testament, he said, "The Father's the husbandman." In other words, I'm the vine; he's the keeper. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it. It may bring forth more fruit. Let's understand what taketh away means. It means to lift up and to cleanse. If it don't, it gets in the mud. Some of them's too low. They get down, they get dirty. If you're here and you're dirty today, you can't produce. You know what he'll do? He'll lift you up. He'll taketh away. He takes it away from where it's at and brings it to where it needs to be. He taketh it away. What does he do? By the washing of water by the word, he cleanseth us. He cleanseth us. So I don't know why you're saying that. Now, Verse 3, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. There you go. Jesus expounds on what he's just said. So we have that. We know that he lifts, takes it, take it away means to lift it up and to cleanse it. Well, he's looking for grapes abide in me I'm going I'm to break this word down abide means to stay or remain stay or remain continue in me Abide in me. Don't abide in a denomination. One guy said, said, what would you be if you wasn't Baptist? He said, I'd be ashamed. I said, that's a pitiful answer. Amen. I got a lot of good friends that's not Baptist and they're, they're as saved and sanctified as anybody in this room. Amen. Amen. I don't go along with what they do. They don't go along with what you do. That don't mean they're not saved. And I'm gonna say this, you know what you can see? You can see the grapes on them. Yeah. But if we don't abide in him, friend, there won't be no grapes where grapes don't grow. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. Who's the vine? Christ. What are we, the branches? No more can ye except ye abide in me. You know what the abiding does? It, it requires, abiding requires some stuff. So I don't have to do nothing but to be saved, you gotta to believe to be saved. You gotta to believe to be saved. Where you get that? Out of the Bible. What must I do to be saved? What the Philippian jailer ask them? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. And Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. So that is our, that's our reference point right there. What are we going to do, Brother Dennis? We've got to believe. But to abide is going to require this. It's going to require some sacrifice. Well, I don't agree with that, preacher. Well, then you don't agree with the Bible. Paul said, present your bodies a living A+. plus." You know what it says. To abide requires sacrifice. It also requires this, service. Do you know what a privilege it is to be asked to serve in some capacity in a local church? Without recognition of the world, without recognition of a multitude of people, hey, just serve. Serve the Lord with gladness. My priority is going to be to serve Him. It's going to take priority over over my recreation, my vacation. It's taking priority over everything in my life to serve Him. Yeah, but you're the preacher. Yeah, but you're part of the family. I mean, it's a great sacrifice to come in here and sit where it's 70 degrees. Dean's got her cover on, uh, uh, cause she freezes at 70 and the rest of you are sweating like a mule <laughs> pulling a wagon. But well, what a sacrifice that is. I'm dying in here, preacher, I'm dying. We serve him. Here's what he said, present your bodies to live living sacrifice holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. I commend you. Good crowd today. Full house. Pretty much full house. There's a few empty spots, but I've got a few people gone. And a vacation every now and then is okay. We better be sure that we've checked with the Lord before we do it. I'm abiding. Abiding requires sacrifice. It requires service. Sacrifice is something that's not pleasurable. And service will be at the times most inconvenient. I am the vine. We can't have any fruit unless we're in the vine. And he's looking. Listen, but if we're not, or if we're not in the vine, grapes can't grow. A picture of the blessing. The blessing can't be there unless we abide in the vine. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. They can't be fruit without him. They may be works, they may be works, but they won't be Holy Ghost fruit. What is the fruits of the Spirit? Now, this is just one of the fruit. The fruit, the fruit requires those things, service, sacrifice, service. It, it, it requires work. It requires fellowship. He expects us to be in fellowship. If Listen, if we walk together in light as He is in light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us from all sin. We have fellowship one with another. That's between us and God. We're in fellowship. I dare say there's some sitting right here, right now, today, that's out of fellowship with God. You may be coming to church on a regular basis, but you are not in fellowship with God. The joy's gone. It's only out of obligation we do what we do. What are the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Here's what they are. Love, joy, peace. Love, joy, peace. Have you got that in your life today? Love, joy, and peace? Peace that passeth understanding, peace with God, the peace of God fruit of the spirit. Long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance. Is that fruit in your life? If it is, you've got grapes hanging all over you. If a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as a branch and is withered and men gather them and cast them into the fire. And they're burned. That's strong language right there. So I don't believe that's what that means. Let me tell you what I've researched. And here's what i found. My Calvinist brothers that I love and I read after them often. But you know what? They don't touch that verse. They touch the first part. But you go back to the old scholars from about 1700 in the 1800s and start reading after some of these men, never seen a TV, never had a cell phone, never lived in this world, never polluted by the stinking mess of this world. And you know what they say? That means you got to be in the vine or you're going to burn in hell. That's pretty plain talk. I'll let you decide which one it means today. I'll let you decide where you're at. I don't know where you're at. Are you in the vine? Now, there's not fruit. There's not fruit all the time. You know that. He already said he has to purge us. He has to trim us up. But if there's not fruit on you in the right season, friend, you need to check and see if you're abiding in the vine or not. There'll be some fruit. And you know the thing about fruit? Even the lost people see it. You don't have to be super A1 Christian sanctified to the hilt walking in the Holy Ghost all the time to walk up to somebody and see the fruit. Oh, no, you don't have to do that. You just look at them and say, they got the goods. I'm watching this Jew remind me of Barry. I got to get a hold of him. I've tried to contact him a couple of times, not had a response. It, but I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna run him down. I'm about done right here. I watched a Jew talking about becoming a believer in Christ. He said he was born in Canada. His daddy was grandpa and grandma uh, had had migrated there, and 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 they were immigrants. And then he he was raised in Canada, and he was Jewish. All he knew was he was Jewish, and he said he even had a bar mitzvah, but he wasn't really a A practicing Jew when somebody asked him he'd just say I'm Jewish and he became whatever good Jew wants to be a doctor so he could make a lot of money and he became a doctor this is his own words he became a doctor I don't know who sent this to me but thank you for sending it to me he became a doctor and, and 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 he was he was everything was going good and then all of a sudden something happened persecution come to him because he was a Jew He said, I watched my father stand in the kitchen and weep like a little boy because he walked into a place and they'd become anti-Semites and they wouldn't talk to him because he's a Jew, wouldn't sell him any meat. He said he came in and he'd been there all his life, came in there and wept like a child. He said, I seen that persecution coming. He said, I'm going to do something. I'm going to move to the United States. And he said, I moved to the Bible Belt in Texas. He said, I got to Texas and I walked in. He said, I bought a, a practice. And he said, I walked into that practice that day, was introducing myself to the staff, and he said, There was this one woman come up to me. She said, So you're Jewish? He said, I am. She said, You're from a blessed bunch. And she began to expound the Word of God to him, and he said, I had no idea what she was talking about. He said, But by the time she was done, I said, that woman's got something I don't have. You know what he saw? Grapes. The fruit's hanging off of her. And he said, she's got something I don't have. It went on, it went on, it went on. Apparently, these two got married. Or he married another woman. But anyway, he and his wife took a trip to Israel. And he's at the wailing wall praying. And Seth, he said something happened to him and he can't explain. He said, I was praying against that wall and there was a power that come over me. And someone engulfed me, said it was like someone was squeezing me, had their arms around me. And I couldn't tell what was going on. I just knew I had experienced something I'd never experienced in the world. He said, her, the, the, the guide was a Messianic Jew. And later on, Brother Randy got with him. And he said, hey, let me tell you what happened to that wall over there. He said, I was praying. He said, I never prayed like that before. He said, all of a sudden, something come. Some, something, someone, something come. I can't explain it. He said, oh, I can. That's the Spirit of God. He said, he said well, you're Jewish. Does that mean that you're not a Jew anymore because you're saved? He said, oh, no. You do realize the first church was Jewish. (laughs) We're saved because of a Jew. You understand that, don't you? That's the family Jesus comes from. (laughs) To the Jew first and then to the Greek. He said, said, oh, no. He said, being saved don't mean you're not Jewish. Being saved means you're more Jewish. (laughs) I like that. He said, "He said, can you tell me how to be saved?" He said, "Sure." And that guy, that messianic Jew, led that old Jew that'd been touched by the Holy Ghost. What was that thing at the Wailing Wall? That was the draw. That was the draw. The draw came. He didn't know what to do with it, but he found somebody that did. And when they knelt down there, he said, I knelt down in the floor with that guy. He said, and I received the Lord Jesus Christ. And he said, you know what? He said, now I got what she's got. You know what that is? Praise God. That's fruit, friend. That's fruit. And without that fruit, you'll never make heaven your home. We're going to stand at our feet. She's going to play something soft. We'll get a song in just a minute. I'm wearing my daddy's watch today. He didn't leave us no whole bunch of stuff when he left here, but he left this ring. He left a testimony that said, I'll see you in heaven. I'd rather have that than a million dollars. I'd rather know that when I leave this world, I'm gonna meet him and mom and the family in a place we call Beulah. Praise God, a land of heaven. I'd rather know that than anything, any valuable thing in this world. I cannot imagine getting to heaven, my son not being there, or my daughter. Joe, best mine, I mean when Dusty married her, she'd become mine. And that little boy, Colin, I can't wait to lead him to the Lord. It won't be long. And my wife, I'm glad we're going together. And you may not see a lot of fruit on this, friend, but there's some fruit. There's some fruit. Grapes don't grow, people don't make it to glory. The blessing of the Lord can't be on them, it's not there. And heaven will not be their home, according to that scripture right there. If they're not in the vine of Christ, they can't be any fruit. That thing's cast in the fire and burned. Marcus, you know that song, Almost Persuaded? how short this life is? Amen. That quick. You'll be carried out of this thing. Do you have grapes? Do you have grapes? I'm afraid America's lost for vine. are still a remnant there's still a number if you're a Christian today you're in that number if you trust in Christ and the evidence of that is fruit while we sing this today you ought to come if you're not in the vine I bet you come and let the grapes grow. Go ahead, brother. Pastor Mike McCoy, thanking you for joining us at the time of truth.